0: Welcome to Forgive Me Father, here in the Confession Booth, we discuss how a certain aspect of life and church culture work together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help everyone understand each other more and create dialogue no matter what you've experienced or believe.
1: Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? I don't want to identify as just a Christian.
0: I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll try a beanie again. Maybe maybe next episode that we have on here, I'll be wearing a beanie.
2: I expect a beanie now. You okay. have a
1: promise. I would recommend I've... these beanies, though, with the fold.
0: Yeah, I, I have one, actually. It's for my job. I have one that's actually out in the living room, uh, but I'm too lazy to go get it right now.
1: That's understandable. Don't blame you.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, who knows? And then, you know, if you're if you're watching this episode, then maybe next episode you'll see me with a with a beanie on. Or maybe you'll never see me again. Maybe I'll just shave my head and then disappear.
2: Oh. You got to talk Ew. about something? Are you, are you running from the government?
0: I if I da, da.
2: Blink twice if you're running from the government
0: uh running from my problems and if by government you mean tax debt then cardio baby he
2: hasn't blinked <laughs> <laughs> i'm nervous
0: it's fine it's fine i haven't blinked in 12 years <laughs> i made an oath with this what? man outside of target
2: the things your brain come your brain comes up with it just
0: well, it was a staring contest and he said hey man uh i really need this sofa and I was like, "Why are you, Why are you sitting outside a Target if you need a sofa? They don't sell sofas here." And he said, "Staring contest. I win. You buy me a sofa, and you win, and I'll go heckle at another Target." And this is my favorite Target, so I was like, "Yeah, this is this is an old Western showdown." And so we said three, two, one, and I haven't blinked in twelve years. I don't know where that man is. He might be dead for all I know. But if he's dead, he had to close his eyes or some. Like Mortation did it for him, but I am going strong.
1: I bet those customers are just real happy for you.
0: They're and excited. Target. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really did it for them, honestly. Um, so the sofa cool. people are unhappy because they haven't had a customer in 12 years. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> I tried so hard to contain my composure.
0: You did great. Thank you thank did you. great. all right anyway anyway let's hop into this episode um i don't i'm not sold on this hat i'm gonna gonna,
2: can you decide can um, you make up your mind please sir
0: there we go decision has been made all right well welcome back to forgive me father jumping in real hot we don't know what's happening you guys just heard a little bit of the intro that's basically how it's going it's it's a friday evening where we're at, AJ and I, down here in North Carolina. Uh, and it's been a long week. AJ, you just worked two shifts at the coffee shop you work at.
2: I did. I did. <laughs> just
0: your voice sounds like you worked <laughs> two shifts yesterday.
2: <laughs> when I tell you, it's it was like 6.10. I looked up at the clock and I was like, oh, I gotta go put makeup on because I look beat. I look beat <laughs> right now. And I put some on. I just would like to show you, that's bruise number one. Okay. It was bruise number two. And mm-hmm. It was bruise number three. I literally got the blank beat out of me yesterday. By coffee. Yeah. By coffee. I literally coffee, an espresso bean grew legs and arms, stood on the counter and lunged at me and was like, you know what? You suck.
0: We cool. we've lost a lot of good baristas
2: that way, I have to say. Yeah. And honestly, as an Aries. I have pride, and I can't. I refuse to quit now. Um, just you got to
0: stand up for yourself.
2: I do, and you know what? You can't defeat me. You can.
0: Anyway, <laughs> so I'm exhausted from a week of work. AJ worked two shifts yesterday, and today we have Cat, who lives on the other side of the country, uh, in Idaho, if I'm correct.
2: Yeah, good old I Idaho. Did just making Mm. sure it's which one
1: (laughs) (laughs) memory
0: (laughs) right ho idaho yeah that one that one we did it but Kat's here and she's going to be talking to us about identity and how church culture can sometimes rip away our identity how it can reinforce our identity and how we can have a identity as a person whether we identify with church whether we identify as who we are as a person And just different discussions like that. So, Kat, thanks for being on.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: And Kat's one of uh, the few guests that we have coming into Season 2 that was originally supposed to be on Season 1. We had a preliminary meeting. We had discussions of recordings. uh, But then, of course, life gets in the way. You know, you work two doubles. A bean grows legs and arms and fights you. You know, things just happen.
2: (laughs) Unpredictable that way.
0: Right, just evolution happening before our eyes in a coffee shop. But we got Cat here now, and we're super excited to to have her on, um, just to talk to us about her life and her experiences, and to give us some advice on what it means to to be true to one's identity and how church culture kind of goes into that. So, Cat, if you wouldn't mind giving the listeners uh, just a little bit of a background about you, you know who you are, where you're from, what you do. Backstreet Boys lyrics.
2: Oh, I get
1: it. <laughs> no, you're going to have the song. Love song. that.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: All right, so I'm Kat. I live in Boise. Um, from Virginia Beach, which is how I know John. And I grew up in the church since I was like five. I've been in the church, so I'm what you would call a kingdom kid. Um and then moved away, went to college in West Virginia and then moved to Idaho for church work, which I no longer do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: also, also real quick, is your like microphone rubbing up against anything? There's like a crackling Probably. noise.
1: Yeah, cuz my dog's like running around up against me. Okay.
0: I think that's better. That yeah. works. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well we got that taken care of. Okay. So oh I think it's I think what it is is is—is hitting the zipper.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So if you just you give go. yourself a turtleneck? Yeah, there we Perfect. go.
1: Ugh. Is it so cold <laughs> in Idaho? Um, no. Oh. This is more just like an aesthetic. Oh, it's just
2: a fashion, <laughs> rocking,
0: AJ. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make sure she was warm. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
0: But yeah, we, we know each other from back in Virginia. We were a part of the same group of churches in the international churches of Christ. Uh, Kat went to Marshall university. I went yep. to Radford and Marshall was a pretty young campus ministry at that time. I remember when they had begun talking about the church planting in West Virginia and they were trying to get people to go. And I remember one spring break for my campus ministry, we went to your campus for a week and we just did a lot of outreach. We did a lot of like games and Bible discussions, devotionals, um, lessons. It was it was a time for, for our family of churches to give on a spring break rather than what we viewed as being sinful or doing something worldly or something not productive for the kingdom of God at the time. But yeah. And also... Kat and I have a very, uh, very, I guess, common ground love for for soccer, even though she roots for a team that I hate.
1: Ooh. The better team.
0: Oh, oh who's, who's who's higher up in the table?
1: Who's won a Champions League? Ooh, oh, I have no a... idea what Wait, we're talking we've won about, two. but I
0: feel the beef. We've won two Champions League, yeah,
1: I think. but when it wasn't a Champions League.
0: It was a Champions League in, mean, 99, maybe, yeah. <laughs> in 99 and 08. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I well, think you we're... guys have the more recent one though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're in it now.
0: And you're in it now somehow like yeah. good for you guys, but like your whole manager situation was very rough for a while.
1: I know, but now it's just a beautiful thing.
0: It's, it's all right. We need our boy to play a little more. But <laughs> That's it's all right. That, that lame uh, thing of him being a super sub. I don't buy that but anyway uh sports sport ball (laughs) foot foot goal yep (laughs) goalie (laughs) rounding the bases in the doubles alley with a puck am i right folks
2: isn't it crazy how i actually played soccer in fifth grade
0: you know that's so crazy because we were just talking about soccer
2: yeah i did i last (laughs) a season no it shows (laughs)
0: I got kicked in the face when I was being goalie for like one game. And I was like, yeah, I'm never doing this again. And then everybody else got really tall. And they were like, hey, you got to be tall to be a goalie. And I was like, sweet.
1: Like, I thank God.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, my mom told me I played with two left feet. And then she stopped taking me to practice.
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. That's amazing.
2: Oh Oh, my god. Uh, anyway, <laughs> before we start, I just wanted to clarify. I would like to I would like to guess before you tell me the answer. You mentioned you are what is called a kingdom kid. Mm -hmm. Let me guess what that means: a child who grew up (laughs) trying to form words. So much suspense! A child grew up (laughs) in church culture from very tiny age.
1: Yeah, so I was like five. No, I was like six or seven. I think. I don't remember, but I've been in it. And why do they call it a Kingdom
2: Kid? Oh, wait, no. I think I can answer my own question.
0: <laughs> okay, go ahead. Answer your own
2: question. Because the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. and you are a kid. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, like that's sure. basically...
1: I don't know why they
2: call it that <laughs> you told me you want to be on this podcast for the outside perspective this is the outside perspective man this is
0: this is beautiful just innocence <laughs> and 10 seconds in between words for one sentence <laughs>
2: Sorry, just cut that no, in you're post. good
0: uh no kids so a kingdom kid the family of churches that we were a part of they will never outrightly say that they think they're the only church that has it together as a whole, but they very much can behave and act that way, and so they can believe that they have the right way to the kingdom of heaven. So, someone who is raised in our family of churches would be considered a kingdom kid. Someone who is raised in the kingdom of God, basically. So, it's only a term that's that is native to the International Churches of Christ (ICOC), uh, okay. but it's a very widely known term within that family of churches. So you go to like a different campus ministry or you go to a different church across the world and you say, Oh, I'm a kingdom kid from Virginia beach. Then they know that, Oh, you were raised in our family of churches and you were part of the church in Virginia beach.
2: Very interesting. Okay, cool. Mm Mm-hmm
0: uh i think i explained that pretty well i so for me i was not born or i was not raised in that family of churches i i grew up in a church it was a more traditional church of christ uh but because i didn't grow up within that family of churches when i did join that church i was not considered a kingdom kid because i wasn't exclusively raised in that
2: family gotcha i got that that stored in the Domsky.
1: that was great i didn't know the definition i was just like because I was a kid in the kingdom. <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> I mean, same. That's literally. What I was like. That's basically it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: pretty sure that's what that means. Yeah.
0: Uh, but even getting into it, that being a kingdom kid, as as that church calls it, kind of sets your identity up from the very beginning. Because you get to know all the church stories. You get to know about Jesus. You get to know about God and and right and wrong from the perspective of of church. And so, diving into it, can you? Can you kind of give us an idea of what it was like for you to have an identity growing up within a church culture?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I registered it as my identity until mm-hmm. I was in the teens. So like a teenager, cause that's when people would be like, Oh, like you're a kingdom kid, like reach out to your friends at school who aren't kingdom kids. And it was more like in my face about it. And then, um, I think it was always such like a, I don't know, like a mixed feeling being a kingdom kid because it was like, you know, like, oh, like you're so privileged. You got to grow up in the church and be protected from life's circumstances. Um, But then at the same time, it was very much like, uh, like people assume that you have no life experience or like you've gone through nothing because You've just always been like writing it out with God and like in church, and you're like a goody two shoes or whatever it may be. Um, so I think it was an identity that I liked to embrace at church. Um, but like at school and in other life situations, I was like, oh, I don't want to be known as the kid that like grew up in church, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah, because I think when you grow up in in high, especially high school, yeah, you know, a little bit of middle school, but especially high school, you have the cliques, you know, and that's kind mm-hmm. of your identity. Like they have the yeah. jocks, and and according to like every modern TV show, the jocks are like the football players with the Letterman jackets. They're not smart, like you know, like they're not like the the head jock who usually falls in love with a nerdy girl is like,
2: oh, that trope. Need- kills me every time with
0: mathematics homework like i just can't get this and coach says i have to have a b in this
2: class if i'm gonna go to college and then she takes off her glasses and like whoa she was pretty the whole time i did her as a jock she's
0: she's a nerd but we're gonna we're gonna throw the hierarchy and identities of high school on their head yeah exactly that's what identity is in (laughs) in high school uh, and, but in, in the same way with church, like that very much becomes your identity and the pressure of that being your identity from the get go. And so for you and I, Kat, we were, we were baptized. You became a part of the church. You know, you were raised in the church, but baptism is where you become a true part of the church. You know, you're a true right. member, true disciple, true follower of God, according to that church's way of doing things. And then I think that's where it's truly marked upon you that Christ is your identity. And then there's no other real thing that you can identify as like you can, you can play soccer, but you're a, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ who also plays soccer. I love watching anime or I love, you know, studying and reading philosophy. So it's like, Oh, I I'm a, I'm a Christ follower who, who also likes books or I'm a Christ follower who also enjoys TV shows, you know, but it's kind of like that takes over as a whole and they would use scriptures to do so.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think with that, like, even like growing up in the church as a kingdom kid, there's so much pressure for that, like baptism moment. And it's like, uh, you're like 13. Why are you not studying the Bible? Like, why are you not getting baptized? And so there's like all that pressure to like fulfill your kingdom kid calling in a sense, or like to really fulfill that identity. And I know for me, like I studied the Bible in my freshman year and got baptized at 15, I think. And even that time, like, I was like, I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't like, as I grew up, I was like, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. And like, I do look back at that time because soccer was like, I felt like soccer was my life. Like I played travel, I played for the school and they were like, oh, um, you're missing church every Sunday and like midweeks on Wednesdays and Devo's. So yeah, you're going to have to give that up to like prove your identity is really like Christ. And I was like, oh, okay, like I'll give it up. But I look back at it and I'm like, like, I don't regret it. But at the same time, I'm like, what if, <laughs> like, what yeah. could have been, <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah, it was very much like that Christ identity being pushed on me. And as a 14, 15 year old, I'm going to succumb to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Growing up in a church, what percentage do you think it was like, this is the identity that I'm supposed to have. So this is why I'm doing this versus what part of you like actually really believe like yes this is what i want was there any part of you that felt genuine in the pursuit of wanting to have christ be that that end all be all identity
1: yeah for sure i think as much as i could comprehend at that age you know like i think i would say like maybe 60 65 percent of me was like i'm genuine like i want this like To me, like, what really stood out was, like, God's identity and I'm, like, or not God's identity, God's love. And if that could, like, be my identity and I could, like, show that through my life, I was, like, yeah, like, I want that. Like, I want that safe place. But I think, like, growing up in church and, like, going through every life stage possible, uh, I was, like, uh, I don't think I actually truly knew what it meant to, like, give my whole life Mm
0: -hmm. at the
1: age of 15.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think for me, not growing up within that body of of believers, that that group of churches, my identity before joining was not good, you know, because there's always certain things that we could use to identify ourselves or that would be the epitome of of us. Right. So for me, it was at that point, soccer I probably would have identified just like with depression in general. Like I just lost my grandfather my freshman year of high school. So it was a lot of like trying to escape the, the pain of loss and the pain of abandonment. And then another thing I identified as was probably just kind of being a lazy in a weird way, kind of like a lazy, a lazy good student, if that makes sense. Like I prided myself on not taking notes, not ever trying, not ever doing homework and yet still making like A's and B's. And so that was kind of my identity of like this, like taking maybe too much pride or too much stock in in my intelligence, I guess, as a high schooler. And so what you were saying, the allurement of like, oh, Christ's and God's love and their grace and that idea of family within the church can be who I am. Like, I don't have to identify with depression. I don't have to identify with loneliness. I don't have to identify with arrogance. It did sound really good. And I think there was a, a huge part of me when I originally joined back in 2011 that was very excited to have my old identity gone and then my new identity to be something wholesome uh, and something heavenly, which reminds me of Second Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. That says, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And that's kind of how I viewed myself for the first little bit of being in the church was like, cool, I'm a new creation. I don't have to have an identity other than God. Uh, That was something I I really settled into nicely. And then obviously, years later, I kind of had this this awakening of, of my identity.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you on like, yeah. Cause I grew up like only a child, single mom in the Navy. So like she was never really around cause she was always like on sea deployments. So I was like, yeah, family. Wow. Like God never leaves you. Like, yeah, give me mm-hmm. that. Um, but then even like when I did become a disciple and like decided to follow Christ, like within our own teen ministry, there was, like, clicks, and it was, like, I was, like, an yeah. outsider click because I didn't go to, like, the school everyone else went to, and so I was, like, okay, this is my identity now, like, I'm just, like, an outsider with all my outsider friends, yeah, I'm like, just trying to really push for that God identity or Christ-like identity, but then seeing things around me that were, like, oh, I didn't, is this his identity, too, like, what's mm-hmm. going on, or... Um, different things like that was also kind of confusing in that journey.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So AJ, for you, you didn't grow up with the same experiences that we had, you know, more or less for you. Like what was, what was kind of stuff that you identified as when you were way back when in high school,
2: (laughs) way back when a whole two years ago, uh,
0: so long ago, (laughs) what
2: is life? Um, my identity changed every year of high school, which sometimes I've heard it was normal because um, it's like around that age where you're like trying to figure out who you are, you know, but every year I was someone different. Basically, first year I was the weird emo kid that did a lot of drugs. Sorry, mom. Um, and just, like hated life and like was like listening to angry music all the time because I was angry. Sophomore year, I just was like, I quit all of that. I started wearing color because I was like, I don't know, not me anymore. Eh. Um, and I'm
0: older, I'm wiser. I like I'm, colors.
2: I'm a 16 now, so it's like a little <laughs> different. Uh <laughs> but no, yeah. And and then junior year, I was just like a mixture of both. And then senior year, I just stopped caring. Like everything like personality-wise, but what everything that did stick with me, I just identified as um. Not growing up in the south was basically my biggest identity. Was I moved to the south and I was like the weird West Coast girl. I didn't I don't like Bojangles. I didn't like I didn't wear simply southern shirts. I didn't like oh god care about freaking, I don't know. What do people care about? I don't know. Yeah, I don't care, and so <laughs> I was always left out of everything because I didn't look like anybody, didn't act like anybody, wasn't from here. I don't know all of the cool spots. Like, oh my gosh, like, uh, what's the beach called? What's that one beach? Starts with an M. Myrtle Beach.
0: Okay. See, I don't even know
2: the beaches here. They're just like, oh my gosh, I went to Myrtle Beach for spring break, and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so fair. I basically identified as the sad girl from Arizona who was too pale to be from Arizona and no one liked because I wasn't a Christian like weird uh Birkenstock wearing person. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Long tangent for no reason. It was all basically <laughs> it was to sum it up, I was not a Southern Christian gal and no one liked me for it. <laughs>
0: That's fair. No. How would you, how would you have felt if like you had kind of come into contact with church and like, they had kind of given you this, this spiel, uh, kind of like what Kat and I were talking about, about like being belonging to a part of a family, like having grace for your mistakes, uh, acceptance, different stuff like that. What would you, would have been your at, reaction to like losing your identity before to join this, uh, these attributes to be part of your identity?
2: Um, because of my parents and them not being Christian and honestly hating Christians, I would probably have just uh, not even considered it. Because my first thought would be, my parents would kill me if I thought about Jesus. Are you kidding me? Um, Dad said no. Dad said no. Literally, <laughs> said my mom said no. I texted my mom and I asked her, and she said no. Uh, I couldn't, say no. like, I can like, that's the that's what would happen. But in if we're gonna disregard that and talking about literally only me where i was at mentally and in just this world at the, like at the time if someone did come up to me and tried to, to you know gave me that speech and whatever i probably would have accepted it you yeah. know barring my parents i probably would have accepted it because i i do see it as like a they see that you're struggling And they, they, they're like, Oh, we can help you. And they, I don't want to say take advantage or just like, they see that like the, what's the opportunity. Yeah. And they see the opportunity of like getting someone into their church, knowing like by giving them promises of acceptance and, and love and, and whatever forgiveness and all that jazz. But you know, yeah. Um, Turn the other page. How that <laughs> tables No, I think that's there is a lot of
0: good things about church culture, and I'm mean, obviously people flock to religion, people flock to Christianity because there is promise for for rest. You know, Psalm twenty three, the Lord is the good shepherd. You know, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's one of the greatest comforting things ever. There's things that are alluring where it's like, oh, if this becomes my identity. I don't have to worry about life. I don't have to worry about what's coming to me. Uh, there's a lot of rest, peace, whatever it is. And I think there's there's good things about it too. Like Christianity within itself as a concept is not bad. Yeah. But with joining, or I guess like for you, Kat, and, and this is kind of where we can kind of shift the focus a little bit, is when did you start to realize that you didn't want this to become all you were? your whole identity? When did you think it started becoming either unhealthy or you just don't want it anymore?
1: Um, I think like college for most people on the East coast of our churches. Um, the college I went to wasn't as like, I don't want to say legalistic, but you can say it wasn't as like, yeah, legalistic, um, with, reaching out and things like that because it was very much like they understood like your identity as a student and if you're failing classes like are you really a disciple on campus which is like what most of us called our organizations on campus mm-hmm. so like within like the first few years i was like oh okay like i'm a student yeah and then it's like i'm a disciple too but i was very much like i don't want this to be all i am so i don't necessarily want to be going on campus like sharing every day walking up to randos and being like have you heard <laughs> about have you heard about jesus um because i just felt like it was in authentic like i sure. was like i don't want to be like a salesperson like this doesn't feel authentic to me it's to like walk up to random people and like jump into a spiel you know yeah. um so i was very much like like i would share here and there but not always and then I think once the church there got a little bit older, it was pushed a little more. Mm. And I think in that way, I I more so wanted to like shift my identity to more like, like leadership, but not in a works kind of way, like that kind of works kind of way. Like I wanted to be more like shepherding. And I was like, I can take care of like the girls on campus. Like, that'll be my role that'll be my identity within the church um but even like throughout that I was very like ah uh, like is, I'm not I don't know if I'm feeling this um mm-hmm. um that's also when I like started coming to terms with like my sexuality and I was like ah like yikes god like the god I've been learning about is not uh condoning of mm-hmm. This identity. Um, And so I think within that, I always had like a constant battle of identities and like pushing other identities down. So like the Christ identity could be shining, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. There was something that you said in our preliminary meeting uh, where you said that God is a pencil erasing us and writing in him. Can you speak a little bit more about that that thought or that concept?
1: Yeah, so when I moved to Boise to um work for the church here, I remember sitting in a church lesson and the pastor said that. Like I forgot what uh scripture he was uh preaching on, but he said that like God is a pencil and he's erasing like the bad parts of us and us and like filling us with himself and i just remember like full fledged like trying not to panic during the church service cuz i was like yeah. what does that mean like like are we all supposed to be the same and there's no room for like uniqueness and like different identities and i like talked to the guy i was leading with afterwards and you could tell he didn't really know what to say and he was like trying to make me feel better but i was like spiraling i was like this isn't like am i supposed to be a robot like i'm confused And so I think that was, like, I think all the things I had been feeling came to, I don't know, it was, like, a volcano, and it was, like, about to explode out, essentially, of all the things I had been feeling, because I was, like, I understand Christ is supposed to be my identity, but I want to be unique also. Like, I want to be cat, and all the identities I hold, and so... Yeah, I was like, that may be comforting to someone else, but that is not comforting to me.
0: Yeah, I think with like erasing ourselves and then putting in God, it's it's I think I feel like you have to be careful with how you say that, because for people who want to be unique, and even in a church or a Christian culture that's supposed to celebrate diversity, you know, not just racially, but 1 Corinthians twelve talks about the body of Christ. You know, it talks about, you know, not everybody can be a nose. Not everybody can be the eyes. Not everybody can be the ears. Like there are certain, like we need every different part. There needs to be diversity to move the church forward. It even talks about like those that are weaker. We give extra glory to, we strengthen, you know, there's supposed to be a celebration of diversity. I think first Corinthians 12 also talks about gifts, the different gifts that people can have, whether it's prophesying, discernment, leadership, you know, and that can go into a various other gifts like in modern culture that we can use such as singing uh musically organizationally you know just different things like that um but i think it is dangerous like you said when we start to feel like oh i can be different but only to a certain extent i can go play soccer but if i'm not sharing my love for god and trying to convince others to follow him then at some point I feel condemned or feeling like I, I I'm I'm sinful for loving soccer too much. You know, it felt like it had to constantly be in this, in this ratio. At least that's how I felt. Is that something that you kind of felt similarly?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like, even with moving to Boise, like I joined a soccer league and I had to make sure it wasn't on Sundays. And I, like, I told the leadership, I was like, I need a part-time job. Like I literally have no friends, like I'm dying um Mm -hmm. and so i like got a part-time job but it was very much like you can't be a worker and work for the lord like they cannot converge like you know it's like your sole purpose for being employed is to reach out you know and it was like um yeah i'm just trying to make friends honestly like (laughs) 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 and make some money like i don't know and so i do feel that Um, And I think also what becomes dangerous too and like just language with the church is when we're like, oh, we love the sinner, but we hate the sin, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's very much used for like um, sexuality purposes. And it's like, um, if I identify as queer and you're hating my queerness, like I feel like you hate me.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that 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 term always confused me because I'm like, but wait, like, that's who I am. Yeah. You can't say that you love me fully and hate a part of who I am. It doesn't that doesn't make no sense. If two plus two is four and five plus five is 10, then what is this?
0: Yeah. The math is not adding up (laughs) for sure. I mean, it it makes sense when you think about certain behaviors that can change. If you think about selfishness, if you think about, uh, you know, uh, what does it say? Filthy language in Colossians or improper joking in Ephesians 5, lewdness in Mark 7. You know, it says all these different things. Those are behaviors that you can change where it's like, oh, like, love the sinner, hate the sin. Like, I hate when you're arrogant. I hate when you say these jokes. I hate, like, those are things. Things that aren't necessarily tied to a person. Like if someone keeps making inappropriate jokes, nobody's going to be like, that's just who I am, bro. I just make like inappropriate race jokes at random times. Like you can't accept that. You can't accept me. You know, like that's, that's, it's okay to be opposed to that in a church culture. It's not okay to be opposed to some something like sexual orientation because that's literally how somebody is. If someone is diagnosed with depression, you can't be like, "Oh, I love you, but I hate when you feel sad."
2: <laughs> like that's yeah. genuinely this person. It doesn't make sense. It's like someone saying AJ It's like uh me vaping. Yeah, you could say it like that. It's like I love you, but I hate that you vape. It's like, "Cool, I get that." Totally yeah. valid. Totally valid. I love you, but I hate that you also love women. Well, I'm sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> I can't really change. Can't really change that, <laughs> can I? <laughs> okay.
1: Um. So yeah, I I do feel. Yeah, and I feel like, like, I don't know. I just started thinking about like someone was like physically disabled and they weren't like ushering at church, you know. And someone's like, oh my god you're being selfish like we really hate that you're not standing here for two hours welcoming everyone in it's like um come on where's the compassion where's the understanding and i just feel like i don't know we're just too focused on acts per se you know and like i don't know like sin like what we consider sin And we're like, where can I identify that in anyone that walks into these doors? And I feel like it shouldn't be that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think for me, when I think about like my identity within the church, I started realizing that like, I'm not comfortable with this being my identity when I kind of pacified the way that things were handled. You know, we're, we're going to have an episode with someone who's going to talk about protesting. And there were times where I was like, Hey, you can't protest because you're not supposed to be of the world. You're just supposed to be in the world. Like we're supposed to be Christ ambassadors. You can't be out holding signs and, and protesting loudly and blah, 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 blah. Like, cause how does that reflect God? And I look back on that and I was like, Ooh, I don't even know if I necessarily agree with that. When I was saying it, I was just saying it because it was expected of me to say it by the leaders. Or when I saw something that I wasn't agreeing with, like ministry to ministry, where I was like, Oh, this ministry is being favored over, another ministry I'm saying something to the leaders and then they say oh don't worry about it like we'll get it fixed like blah 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 and then no change happens and like I'm just supposed to be okay with that because if I'm not they pull out the scriptures in Timothy that says respect your elders you know and it reached a boiling point for me where I was like I can't continue to pacify this Insincerity with who I am, like, because who I am is someone who is outspoken. I am someone who likes to speak their mind. I'm not someone who sugarcoats things, you know? Uh, So for you, did you ever reach like a, was there a certain point where you were like, all right, I have to come out. I have to be who I am. I have to like really fight for this identity of who I am, regardless of how the church might react.
1: Yeah. I mean, so being in Boise, like, I was like, ooh, fresh start, like, maybe I'll come out here and, like, be safe, and then, like, I don't like, a weekend, I was like, I ain't safe, um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll just, like, go along, like, I'll just embrace this, my Christ identity, and just full-fledged go for it, but I was, like, really unhappy here, and there was, like, a lot of, like, Christianity is conservative, but like this region is conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, there's like no room for anything other than like a Christ identity. Um, so I think throughout, I, I led for like seven months. So without those seven months, I was like, "Who? like, when could I come out? When could I leave the church? If I leave the church, there goes my friends you know, Mm -hmm. and I really didn't know anyone else in this area. And then I went to Utah for a wedding and I ended up meeting my partner at a bar there. And so with that, I was, oh, okay. Like, I'm just going to embrace this because this makes me happy. And I feel like I just, I, I feel like we're on this earth to be happy and to be loved and to love, you know? So I was like, oh, I was like, well, this is gonna hurt leaving church, but like, I have to because I can't like, how am I supposed to be sharing God when I'm like miserable and like not being my full authentic self? So I think that was like really the point is like when I met my partner, but I think it was boiling for a couple years
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's so interesting because there's this idea that that we are slaves to sin right in Romans it talks about for all of for all sin and fall short of the glory of God for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life that's Romans 323 and Romans 623 respectively and there's supposed to be this freedom in in Jesus where in John 8 verse 36 uh it says so if the son meaning Jesus, sets you free you will be free indeed and i realized that for me at a certain point i no longer felt free within the church and if the church is supposed to be the ultimate freedom but if i don't feel free there it's either because i'm sinful or it's because something's off those are the only two things that i could come to grips with and i started feeling that that sense of identity. When I was with my coworkers at a, at the coffee shop in Blacksburg, Virginia, where I worked, because we would go out for dinner and I would tell the church people like, Hey, I'm going out to dinner with my coworkers. Like, and they would say, Hey, sounds like a great chance to reach out. Sounds like a great chance to be Christ ambassador, to be a light on the Hill, Matthew Mm -hmm. five. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you guys after, after dinner. And then I would go to dinner and I would talk how I want to. I would joke how I want to. I would drink how I want to. Like there was a few times where I would drink too much and then I'd have to walk around Virginia Tech's campus until I like got sober enough to drive home. But I felt so free in those moments because it didn't feel like I had to stick to a script of what I'm supposed to say or the an outline of how I'm supposed to behave or, you know, like these are the things you can't joke about. And I think that's when I first felt my, my identity coming through. And that's when I realized I was like, man, this, this is true freedom. And this is actually what I want, which led to a a discussion with, with our church, with my church leader at the time. So I guess transitioning as we keep going into this, like now that you're outside of the church, what is the difference in maybe like the freedom that you feel, but also like, how would you even identify yourself now?
1: Um, i yeah i feel so free like i i feel like it just sounds so bad and like sometimes i can feel guilty for feeling this way but i have to remind myself i'm not um but like when i left like fully fully was out i was like dude wow this heavy burden off my shoulders is like tossed (laughs) you know i feel like i had like extra pep in my step Mm -hmm. and i was just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, like you were saying, like I was going to work and I could like joke how I want to and I could fully like be with my partner and like not have to worry about like, oh my God, like what if someone's at the mall with us and they see us like, ah. Right.
0: You know, like, who is this? Why are we holding hands? <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm
1: like sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, besties. <laughs> yeah. We're just
0: right. super
2: like, that's, close.
1: That's what everyone else thinks.
0: <laughs> Gals day gal's day at the
1: mall exactly um so yeah so now i just feel like i can really walk through life you know and like breathe and like i'm a little less depressed (laughs) um and like i think now like i just identify as like like i'm a woman i'm a queer woman like i don't know like i'm just like yeah now I'm just doing me <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. like I'm happy. Like, I think that might be the biggest identifier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like not having an identity anymore is just so nice. You know, it's kind of like this whole, like, I'm off the grid. And it's like, you're not really (laughs) off the grid. Like you still go to work. You still like report in, like, obviously (laughs) you talk to like cared ones, but it's like, there's this, I'm off the gridness of what's expected of me now. Like now I can be everything that I expect myself to be and not what the outside forces are telling me.
1: Yeah. And I think something else that was kind of freeing too, which made me feel more confident in leaving was like. I was like, you know what? Now I'm going to see who's a real friend. Like who's actually going to stick by my side and like who's going to fall off and was just my friend because we shared the the same identity, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like that in and of itself this spring, even though it hurt, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think when you, when you start to embrace what's real and you start saying what's real, you, you find out who the real ones are. You know, when I left. I was like, "Hey, I'm leaving. It's not because I'm angry with the church. It's not because, you know, I'm going to go join, you know, a bunch of sexual sin parties, you know, I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to go on a bender for 3 years and make up for the time that I lost when I turned 21." You know, like it was none of that. Yeah. It was just, "Hey, I'm not feeling authentic here. I need to go figure out what it means to feel authentic to me." And a lot of church friends, like you were saying, just fell off. Like, I think I still talked to like maybe four. And then it was like, it was like some were like immediately cut off, like, oh, you're sinful because you're not identifying with Christ. And they immediately tossed me to the wolves. Like, yeah. zero contact. Like, friends I was with from 2010, not even 2010, 2009, when I first started coming out to, Whenever I left, which I think was 2018, so nine years of friendship, people just cut me off. The people that I was in the teen ministry with just automatically cut me off. The closest friends that I had gained in the the campus ministry and then the young adults ministry, which is like a post-grad ministry that our church has, immediately cut me off. And then there were those people that kind of like trickled down. Yeah. But you're right. It is painful. But those people that have held on for X amount of years – have just been the most fantastic friends.
1: That's true. And like, I've been surprised too. Cause like some people I wouldn't have considered like super close or like in mm-hmm. my inner circle have like, honestly been the realest ones. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. Like, thank you for loving me, even though I don't go to church, you know? Um, and thank you for proving that like, I can't be someone else and we can still share things in common Mm -hmm. besides Christ. So yeah. Yeah. That's been refreshing.
0: Yeah. And obviously don't want to mention any names for privacy's sake, but I think another thing that's really beautiful about you coming out with like your own identity and like anybody who is willing to embrace with who they really are is that you inspire others to do the same thing. Because one of our mutual friends, was telling me how like when it was almost kind of like not necessarily a group decision for for you and a couple others to like leave together so to speak but there really was this type of embracing of you know oh they're embracing who they really are they can no longer hold back there's comfort in knowing that somebody else is doing it and then they feel the courage to do it too and i think that's something that's been really nice to see really great to hear about um and i'm I, i mean i i know that you're really close with with some of those people still which is awesome
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is really nice. And it's always like, I think easier to come to terms when there's people around you that are also coming to terms or even just supportive, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: yeah. When, when I left, I remember texting one of my really good buddies who had left maybe a year prior. And I said, Hey dude, when, when did you know? When did you know it was time? And he was a better leader than I was in the campus ministry. He led the campus ministry for quite some time at Radford and Virginia Tech. And he said, I just lost joy. I just wasn't happy anymore. And I think that, was, that gave me the greatest confidence to stand up for myself too and realize like, no, this is actually how I really am. I really am unhappy with where I'm at. Uh, and being able to share that is, is an incredible feeling. Uh, AJ do you have any any thoughts or questions
2: well other than that, I'm proud of both of you every time I hear you know I'm I come on here and I I see people who have just really gained so much confidence and happiness with their lives it's always just brings me joy even though I just met you Kat but it does bring me a lot of joy um, but no I do I very much agree with like yes how painful it is when people who you thought were your friends and you realized that it was just all a facade. Um, but I feel like it, it does make it even more fulfilling afterwards because you don't have these people that are hanging on for no like good reason, if that makes sense. Like um, the, the friendships that you gain or that you keep for after everything just somehow outweigh the ones that you lost because the love is just overflowing with those so then you know in my opinion after obviously some time you don't you never really lost anything because what you lost wasn't benefiting you in the first place Mm -hmm.
1: so yeah that's so true
0: only real ones here
2: only real ones here and you know what yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's it's not easy being able to speak up against a culture and you're not even speaking up against them. But to to kind of stand against the culture that you grew up in, the identity that's been yours for X amount of years, it's not easy because when you step out of that comfort zone, you're literally losing 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, 20 years, however many years it is of comfort, of comfort like the, what is known, what is familiar, what is safe, what is accepted. And it it does feel like a big gamble because you're like, I'm embracing myself for the first time in a really long time. And I don't know what's out there, but at least I know that I'm going to be 100% myself and how I handle it. And in my reactions moving forward, and it really can be daunting, but for, for our listeners, Kat, what is some advice that you could give to someone who is really starting to, to understand who they are with their identity for the first time and, and are fighting to embrace that?
1: Um, I think kind of what you just said before leading up to this question is really it, you know, like, like if you're, if you don't have joy and you are feeling inauthentic, like, is it really worth it? And like, for me, um, what I really wrestled with was like, how, like, God wants me at my fullest at my most authentic, authentic. And if God's not going to accept me at that, then like, I don't know what's real. Like, what's the truth. And to me, I was like, this isn't worth being depressed or being sad or like, like dreading going to church service. Um, so for me, I was just like, I can't be the Christian God wants me to, unless I am who I am and I can embrace that. And to me, God will accept that, you know, whether, yeah. So I think that for me was the biggest thing. And I think that's what I would tell anyone that was wrestling you know it's like how real can you be in a relationship with god when you're not being real like to yourself
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think i think being authentic is the most important thing with any anything that we do in life you know if you're not being real with yourself i don't know it's just it's hard to to get all that life has to offer you know even after leaving church like there's still a lot of principles that i hold from christian culture Very near and dear, like treat how others, how you want to be treated it's the golden rule. And it's actually like something that's reflected across all religions, but it's something that I really have taken with me, even though I'm not religious, you know, but I feel like I can like live that out wholeheartedly. And like, it is a part of who I am and not a rule that I follow because I have to follow it because I am affiliated with, you know, this church or this organization. But on the flip yeah. side of that, obviously, we always try to ask two questions is how do we was advice with those who can relate to you, but also what is the advice to those who cannot relate to you? And so, Kat, the next question is, if someone has a friend who's learning to embrace who they really are and possibly is considering leaving a church culture or a church organization because they feel like that's not where they can be their, their truest self, their fullest self, their most authentic self, what would be your advice to them as they maybe try to maintain a friendship or they go to talk to this friend who is going through this?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing, if you're like speaking to someone that is kind of wrestling and hasn't made that decision to leave potentially, if that's what we're talking about, Um, I think the biggest thing is to not guilt trip. So like, don't guilt trip this individual into staying. I think in previous podcasts, you guys have touched on like, like sometimes you don't always need to bring scripture into a conversation, but you just really need to be like a listening ear and a friend. Um, And I think that's the biggest thing is like really listening to what these people are feeling about. The church and how they feel like their identity is being withheld from them um and then i think yeah really maintaining a relationship just communication like letting that person know you're there for them and if you need to process like your own hurt because they have decided to embrace an identity that maybe you don't agree with process but like know that you can still reach out during that processing or Mm. you don't need to like ghost an individual for like you know months or something if they are reaching out to you as well um and I mean it's just like maintaining any other friendship right like you get you got a phone you can call you can text (laughs) (laughs) you can still hang out like nothing's different besides like what you guys believe but they're still that same person
0: yeah yeah i mean it, you're right we, we say it a lot on this podcast but a lot of times if someone's going through this they already know the implications and the scriptures and the quote-unquote sins and the consequences that are tied with the decision to leave church culture especially if you're from the family of churches that kat and i were a part of we you already know that there's this error and this, this expectation of like, okay, if you leave this church, you're going to hell if anything happens to you. You know, you're basically turning yourself over to the devil. Are you sure you want to do that? Like that's already well in our minds and there's already guilt that we are churning in ourselves. And whether or not that's the Holy Spirit, don't, don't be a negative influence along with that. Like this is a very hard decision for anybody. And to love how Jesus loved is to love even when people don't choose him. He knew that Judas was going to betray him from the get-go, and he was still one of the 12. Jesus still loved a rich young ruler when he turned him away. He died for the peop- for people on the cross that were never going to love him. And if you say you're trying to love as Jesus loved, that means you love people even if they decide to not love him anymore. Because rest assured, we're not turning in Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. You know, we're just trying to be our authentic self. And we're not trying to stop anybody else from loving Jesus either. We're just trying to make sure that we love ourselves and all that we do, even if that does include still loving Jesus. So just be a listening ear. Just be nice. Just be loving. (laughs) Don't guilt trip.
1: Yeah. As Ellen would say, be kind.
0: Be kind. As Ellen would say. Why don't we all
1: just... Get along, you know? Honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah. AJ, is there any, any advice that you could give to just anyone in general who's like learning to embrace who they are or like being a good friend through embracing? Um,
2: It's really hard, but uh, understand that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. The most unhelpful thing (laughs) is when someone's going through something and then you're like, well, what do I do? Well, I feel like this, I'm not helping and just calm down. It's not about you. Um, And I know that a lot of people struggle with that, which is why they don't reach out or when they do reach out, it comes across as not very nice because, you know, misunderstandings and all that jazz. Um, So if someone, if you're going through something or if you know someone that's going through something more so more importantly is to not, don't bring eye into the question, ask the person, what do you need right now? Mm. And f- do it exactly as they say, if they say the, they need space. Okay. Give them space. Let them know. Okay. Reach out to me when you can, or when you want to, if they say they need something, they want support. They just want to hug. They want some, I don't know, do your best to provide that for them. Don't think about, Oh, well, how do i feel about this whole situation because it's not about you um and to anyone that is going through that if you have people reaching out like that i don't know it's i'm i'm always trying to play devil's advocate oop sorry um <laughs> but it's like try to you know if you do honestly believe that they're coming from a good place then just kind of let them know too. just be like, honestly, how many times I've had to be a, tell someone like, dude, this is not about you right now. <laughs>
0: just, yeah.
2: Please. Um, but yeah, that's my, that would be my biggest, um, piece of advice for anybody is to just put someone else, put yourself in their shoes for a moment and think about what they would need, um, instead of you.
1: Yeah. I just want to give like a round of applause. Thank you. <laughs>
2: I usually yeah. even myself out. I say something really stupid and then I'm like philosophy. Uh, and then they're like, you got it. <laughs> Hashtag deep. Hashtag deep for sure. <laughs>
0: no, it's truth the talk. truth. Talk Truth talk. Only truths. Only <laughs> uh, two truths. And one truth. No uh, carnival,
2: no games.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I, I think those are terrific pieces of advice. If your identity is in Christ, And you're okay with that. And you're living life to the full. Like we're not here to tell you to stop it uh, because obviously be your best self. If that's with God, do it. Yeah. Well, what what we are telling you is that if somebody else chooses their identity, not to be in God, that you can't tell them to stop it because that's not love. (laughs) Like if they need space, if they need gummy worms, if they need like a tub of ice cream and to watch like rom-coms or listen to Taylor Swift, do it, be a good friend. Uh, That's all we can ask anybody to do is just to be kind at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Drop the mic episode over. (laughs) 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 This has been extremely helpful just as a reminder for, for myself. And I think for all of our listeners on how we can learn to embrace one another more and more as we continue to grow and evolve as humans and we learn to embrace who we really are as people as well in our identity. Uh and first of all, thank you, Kat, for for being on, for, for giving us your wisdom, sharing your life with us. It's been it's been fun.
1: Thanks for having me, listening.
0: <laughs> That's and it. Sorry.
1: I know it sounded like something I should have followed at my mind, just a couple.
0: <laughs> You're good. <laughs> here for it uh we love but it. anybody we love it. We, we're quirky we don't know yeah, what we're, doing we're so quirky. Time. we're so fun <laughs> so anything that you say we're just like yeah that's normal that's cool because we're probably doing it at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh but kat if anybody has any other questions for you maybe wants to hear your story out a little more uh wants a safe space for them to talk about their journey as well. Where can people find you uh, via contact or social medias?
1: Um, Social medias is catcastillo underscore at Instagram or Twitter. It's the The same. tweets. Wow. (laughs)
0: Daring throwing that out there. Throwing out the Twitter.
1: No, it's, yeah. Yikes.
0: Well, you probably don't throw out anything like weird when you tweet like me depending on the time of day like i'm putting something stupid out on yeah. twitter just random yeah. thoughts off the dome <laughs> like not not helpful not hurtful like they're not toxic in any way but you read that and you're like why ah, why why am i following this guy <laughs>
2: <laughs> every yeah. time every time i log onto twitter and i see a john's tweet at the top i'm like like i read it and i'm just like okay um (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's
0: that's fair i recently uh changed my twitter bio to where it says john adams one millionth of his name first of his color
1: oh love it (laughs) (laughs) it's fitting for the times
0: Right, and i'm I'm pretty solid with that being the the bio for quite some time.
2: Oh, God, I have no words.
0: <laughs> it's the best that I got.
2: Oh, we're oh, I'm clipping that part and I'm putting it on my story. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh that's great
0: <laughs> But yeah, if you guys have any other questions, reach out to Cat. She's great to talk to. obviously you guys have heard. Uh, she has a lot to offer in terms of advice, her own story, even just a listening ear. Uh, we're gonna put her handle up on Instagram, up on Facebook. If you guys haven't followed us on either one of those, go do it. Go Don't follow, do, that. do it, do that
2: thing. Hit like, make sure to like and subscribe I have <laughs> to it every time. Yo, you already know, <laughs> like and subscribe.
0: We are gonna have a YouTube channel out for this season. Oh. We are. So subscribe, like if you like watching your podcasts. Sounds far fetched, my guy, but YouTube's Listen, a thing now.
2: Yeah, come on, man! A big old thumbs up. That's Leave a <laughs> comment.
0: That's not a comment hurtful. down below.
2: What your thoughts are on the Rolling Stones? uh
0: <laughs> Leave a comment on what your identity is. Leave us a picture of your driver's license. Yeah don't do it.
2: (laughs) What's your social security number? Just
1: curious.
2: (laughs) Uh, Uh.
0: Anyway, once again, thanks for listening guys. Go follow on Instagram, go follow on YouTube, go follow on Facebook and be in the know when these things come out, every episode, try to put them out once a week. So we can continue to bridge the gap and understanding different ways of life, different lifestyles. And how does it how does it bridge the gap with with christianity can we bridge the gap uh, that's what our that's what our podcast is all about so thanks guys for listening and we'll see you guys next time see ya bye, bye. editing that out <laughs> no please no please don't oh no